don't. Don't open that box. What have you done? You shouldn't have opened it. You shouldn't have opened it. Open it. Open it. Open Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spit and Posh Presents The Mystery Box. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I am Bartek. Hello, Bartek. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very excited to be doing the mystery box again after yes, so long. Yes, it's the mystery box. I want the intro, the voice, to be going, yes, thank you, open the box. Open it. <laughs> uh, and we are spitting Polish, likingly, because we are always spitting, and we both happen to be Polish, and we're doing our monthly show. We're back at it again. We had some time off, then we came back Mr. for a while, and then yeah. we went away again with this show. Just a lot of stuff's been happening. But now we're back with our monthly show in which we watch a movie that is complete mystery, well, complete mystery, with an asterisk next to it with certain cases. Also, given when this is coming out, hope you had a nice Christmas. Merry Christmas, bitches! We're doing our monthly show in which we talk about a movie that is a complete mystery. Put an asterisk next next to that because there have been a few cases where it's not a complete mystery. Maybe this time, who knows? And we find these movies secondhand from opportunity shops, the gutter. Some of them have been sent in the mail as death threats. And we put them in a box, wrap them up, get a guest to come in and choose the movie at random, completely unaware, and pick it. We watch it together and we come back here and talk about it. For this episode of The Mystery Box, we are joined by my wife, or as Borat would say it, my wife, <laughs> um, Bartek, um, we're joined by you, and we're joined by my floozy, Rachel Solinsky. <laughs> Rachel? Yes? Nice, nice to see you again. Yes, thank you by addressing me by with my full title of floozy Rachel. Floozy, floozy Rachel Solinsky, yeah. And I'm wife. My wife. For this episode of the show, we got to watch the movie Rachel picked at random, but I think um, we all had a history with in some way because this is one of the older movies in the box. I think it's what I put in when we started. Uh, We watched a movie in a double pack, the John Hurt Double, as it's called. It's called, the movie we watched was Tender Loving Care. And the tagline for this on the cover is, be careful what you wish for, dot, 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 tender loving care. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that's kind of how it is. So, um, who found this? Why is this in the box? What's what is what's the go? Who who did you find this, Rachel? Did no. you bring this in? Bartek the box? It was the wife. It. The wife found it. The wife found it. My wife. The wife put it in. The floozy wrapped it up and the floozy <laughs> picked it. But it is the wife's fault. Which also applies to the plot of the movie. And I'm completely uh, innocent in all of this. I'm the victim here. In fact, I think I remember when I I'm the nurse. When I brought it in. I... <laughs> no, the yeah, no, the nurse I'm... is the floozy. No, but she's a victim too. Well, actually, Ryan, I think uh, I think uh. when I brought it in, you were skeptical about whether it should be in the box or not. So because it's got John Hurt, you were in being it. a bit of a villain. Yeah. So Bartek, mm-hmm. 
why is this in the box? What about this drew you to getting this John Hurt double pack? Are you a big fan of the John Hurt? I don't really know him too much, no. Alien? I've seen Spaceballs. You haven't seen... Oh, that's right. You haven't seen Alien. Of course not. So what what drew you to this? So I, uh, I'd heard of Tender Loving Care. I'd seen a little bit of things from it online. And the fact that it was right there in front of me, I thought, oh... This is interesting. I think I want to get this so I can say I own it and maybe even show it to some people, um, because I th- I had a I had an idea of what it was, mm. and then after I bought it, I looked up a bit more about this DVD and I thought, oh, this is a little bit different. Okay, so why is tender loving care having just watched it a topic? on the internet that intrigued you so much that you wanted to own this physically and show it off to all your friends. <laughs> I think the immediate answer I give is going to raise some questions. Um, I think mine are going to be more emotions, but come on. I saw a Let's Play of it. Do you have a question for me, Ryan? <laughs> no, no, I don't. I have fury <laughs> for Please you. he does. Who was Let's Playing? It was uh, Obscurus Looper and her boyfriend. Okay. So, so <laughs> is this a game? Yes, this is originally a DVD interactive game. Ah. With the decisions and uh, multiple outcomes, allegedly. And Was this a movie at all? I mean, what we watched was clearly a movie. I'm so confused. So, explain further. So, you saw a video game and thought, I want to put the video game into the movie box? Well, it's a DVD, so... Well, 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 (laughs) yeah, you got me there. Also, when I bought it, we hadn't started the mystery box yet. That's true, but when we started the mystery box, this was the first thing you brought into it, being like, we should do this on the show in which you're talking about... Yeah, it was going to be a nightmare. <laughs> and, and so you were under the impression that we were going to be playing an interactive DVD well, game. When I brought it in, I I thought that it was a DVD, but I hadn't checked yet, so I was going to find out when we picked it. That was, oh, the, oh, yeah. that was the mystery for me when it was picked. Like, so oh, I'm finally going to find out. You've been waiting for several years. Mm-hmm. How do you feel? Yeah, how do you feel? Well, I figured it was just a movie, so... So, what was the game? I don't understand. Was it a choose-your-own-adventure, and was it on the plot of this movie? So, for one thing, John Hurt was in it a lot, because he was the one talking to the player. Was it actually him, or was it a soundbite? It was John Hurt, on video, talking to you, the player, and asking you questions. It wasn't just cutscenes from this? I mean, the the scenes uh, are from it, but uh, I, I, I figure they had to pick one ending of it, if there's multiple endings. No, I mean... He is talking directly to the camera, right? It's not yes. like it's just cuts of him in this movie asking questions, which is all he does no, no, in no, the movie. D- Spoiler alert, John Hurt's in three scenes. Yes, he's he's a, actually a presence talking to the audience face to camera. Is he a human or is he like Christopher Walken in that point and click? I think he's still I think he's still Dr. Turner, but this is him talking to the players, not the character that talks to them. That didn't answer my question, but okay, uh, I'm I glad that we got there. I think that I could be more confused, <laughs> but somehow, but somehow I still, Before I still we... am. And... Yeah. 
before we even recorded, Bartek said that he was going to mention the history, and I said, I think I remember you telling me it, and I found it so stupid and absurd that I blocked it out of my memory. And as soon as you said, yeah, it was a game, and I watched the Let's Play, I'm like, that's it, yep, that's... That's right, I did remember that this was a stupid... That's why I didn't really have any question for you. I'm like, of course. <laughs> Can I just say, as someone who does not have that much of an affinity towards anything related to Channel Awesome, and you do, you've mentioned Brad Jones I a lot on this show. Past, yeah. You just have brought us Obscurus Looper and Phelan's project that they played in a Let's Play into our show. Um, I'm... I'm um, <laughs> I'm sick of Channel Awesome in general. I'm sick of the fact that they've stolen jokes from our podcast very directly. Um, I'm sick of the fact that every time Brad Jones is mentioned on this show, and when we do something that he recommended, it's one of the worst things we've ever watched. And now Obscure Sleeper, who's someone I actually do like, has now made me watch Tender be, Loving Care, which you thought was a video game that we were going to be doing on the show. Uh, were you hoping that this mystery box would be a let's play? Well, no, that would have been really interesting. Been, we'd be talking about it after the fact. Well, maybe. Well, maybe. Also, also, I'll just say right now, her experience was pretty much your experience. Great. She broke down. I broke down. <laughs> If I'd have known, starting this, what we were getting into, <laughs> shoot myself. <laughs> Let's get to the meat and potatoes yes. of this. I mean, that's a whole episode in itself, the fact that you did this to us in that manner. But the DVD itself, before we get into the film, let's have a talk about this cover. Mm-hmm. The cover itself is a DVD double feature, so you have the top image being this movie and the bottom image being the other movie. We'll just talk about this one, because mm-hmm. I'm sure we'll get the other one one day. Yeah. This one is just a, a still image of John Hurt looking very mournfully with his hand on his face looking off to the title, Tender Loving Care. In yellow, and then behind him is a image from the movie of a woman turned away and another woman looking at us with a scornful look. Mm-hmm. And that's the cover. Yeah. And on the back, it just has the same still image again and a few others. And um, I had no... When, when we got this picked, my immediate thought, my immediate reaction was, oh no, this is going to be really boring. Because no offense, I like John Hurt, don't get me wrong. But um, and he's he was a great actor, great guy, charming, funny, unique. But I've always found John Hurt and the movies he has been in for the most part incredibly boring. He is that guy that um, your 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 granddad's brother liked as an actor. <laughs> um, well, good thing he wasn't in this too much then. No, no, no. <laughs> so I had really no expectations of having any enjoyment. So the fact that I did have some minor enjoyment was. More than I expected. I thought this was going to be boring, and it was. Don't get me wrong, it was. But um, it was very emotional. When I saw it, I just thought, oh fuck, it's one of Bartek's choices that he put in here. The last two were the Rotsuki Dojis mm-hmm. that we have watched. Rachel, you picked this. How did you feel when you saw that it got outed of the box and you opened it? Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I regretted not cheating. That was my first reaction. I mean, last year you cheated and chose Urutsugi Doji 2, so I'm glad you didn't. But I still ended up with 
with we a bar porn. tech choice. Yeah, we'll talk about the porn aspect of of this. Because it's not it, it's bad at so many different things. Yeah, but I also was expecting you to have an expression that matches John Hurt's. Oh, like on the cover during the movie. I was more angered. Yeah, so you ended up looking more like... <laughs> <laughs> I just threw the DVD cover. We don't need it no more. Uh, yeah, you ended up looking um, more like the woman on the back who's just <laughs> uh, horrified on. and doesn't really know what's going on. And that then you kind of ended up looking like you were catatonic at certain points. Yeah, but enough about me, Rachel. How about you? Did oh. you feel overjoyed when we saw the menu and it said John Hurt? Just I John was Hurt. John mostly Hurt. confused by the background image. Of just blue? No, it was just like a weird... It looked like it was an extreme close-up of something that had been blurred out. Yeah. And I was I was expecting it to have, like, the stills from the two movies, like, next to it. But no. Not even that much effort. Like, a little bit more effort than it just being a black or a white background. But more confusing. Yeah. Now, Rachel, since you're on such a roll, mm-hmm. could you do the honour of giving the audience a little bit of a window into what this movie was about? So give them, yourself, and us a quick summary of what this movie's about. Okay. So I'm going to try and use my English teacher skills. So there's a way of describing plot that goes really simple, which is somebody wanted, but so then. Yep. So the somebody is Michael, the husband, wanted his wife to get better, but he didn't like the methods. So... (laughs) And then he got really angry. Then he killed her. His wife. The nurse. Oh, there's the nurse. Thank you for breaking down the plot in your I English teacher she, way. In she which... didn't like, he didn't like the nurse's methods. No, you just so said he, he killed... didn't like the methods. You didn't mention oh, the sorry. nurse, but otherwise, yeah, that is pretty accurate. Well, that's the end of the episode. Thank you guys for listening It's in. what Rachel just said, but two hours. Two hours and five minutes, thank you. I'm not forgetting those extra five minutes well, on you top. skip through the credits and then halfway through. Those are through. five minutes. Um, <laughs> and it went, if you want to be accurate, two hours, and tw- two hours, two minutes, and 24 seconds. All so right. you do feel like that accurately represents the lack of plot? Yep, basically. So yeah. this movie, okay. um, like Rachel said, the plot is... Bare bones, it is basically this guy is with his wife in this house in the middle of nowhere and their dysfunctional marriage because she's crazy and lives in a fantasy world in which she believes that they have a child that's alive when in fact their child died in a car crash. He's depressed, she's insane, he she's needs help. Catatonic. Well, she's insane because she is not catatonic. She gets up all the time to check on the imaginary yeah. baby. During mm. the film, Ryan, you said semi-catatonic. Oh, maybe that was the film. 
That was the film. That was the, the film. film. Said semi-catatonic. So no, I I, I said the, the film, film was semi-catatonic. <laughs> <laughs> right. so. the, film, the film also calls her catatonic and semi-catatonic because that was one of the nurses being like, she's made so much improvement. She's up and moving and only semi-catatonic. God, I hate you. You hate yourself. You think I don't know why you want Allison to remain half catatonic? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, don't you? The plot is that he needs to get some professional help to get his wife back to reality. So this nurse slash psychiatrist slash sexy lady... The whole point is that she isn't an actual psychiatrist. She's just a a nurse. A nurse. Because she resents the doctors. That's not the point, Rachel. The point is the point that is I want to fucking this movie kill justice. myself. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is about the fact that Michael is insane and he thinks he's sane and the movie thinks he's insane and sane. See, and at the end of the movie, he goes Jack Torrance on everybody and I just want to be dead in the ground with maggots in my eyes. That's the movie. Uh, no, to be... I disagree. Go on. See, I don't You tell me why you loved this, then. (laughs) No, no, no. It was tender, it was loving, and I care. He did try and be a tender, loving husband. No, he didn't. He wanted her to be better. No, he didn't. He, no, he wanted her to be better, but not realise that he was responsible for Jodie's death. He doesn't realize he was responsible for Jody's death. That's the whole he arc. Does. Of, no, that's the whole arc of the movie. Is he refuses it to the point in which he doesn't acknowledge it, and then at the end of the movie, he finally cracks under the pressure that he's the one who fucking did it. That's the point. That's the whole arc he goes through is realizing that hey, I've actually had fault, but he's too masculine to admit to that. I read it differently. <laughs> I just read it as denial. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, but as in, like, he knows it, but he doesn't want to. Yeah, that's the point I'm yeah. saying. He like, doesn't realize until he's forced to realize that he did it. Well, you're saying realize. That's the, well. That's what he has. He has an arc. At the end, he comes to a realization that in fact he did it, and then he was like, "Oh, I've been repressing this," but he's too much insane to realize that because he doesn't believe in psychiatry. But you're not saying that it was a plot twist for him, right? It is a plot twist for him. For him, he's like, oh, it's all on my wife. She's the one with all these issues. I'm perfectly sane. I have no baggage. I'm fine. Then he realizes, oh, I'm not fine. I'm actually the one who necessitated my daughter's death. And that I'm the one with issues here. But no, then he regresses even further into insanity and starts doing crazy shit. That's the twist. I'm, I'm no. hearing bits of things that I agree with and bits of things that I'm like... Mm. That's what happens in the movie. I mean, <laughs> we haven't oh, even set well, up the movie. That's why I'm like, just let me get through. Just no. be like, here's what happens. And you're like, I disagree with your concoction of the movie. I'm just trying to tell the basic... Plot it's not a and you're like it's a reading and your reading of the film is valid, but I disagree with it because I don't think 
that he was insane the whole time. I mean, he's definitely repressing. Yeah, I don't know. To if the I'm... point of insanity, he's making sure. That's the nurse's whole point: is you are making sure that your wife stays in this state so that you can be the one that's dominant. That's the whole issue. He's he's a psychological nightmare from the very beginning, because he is 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 the reason his wife has stayed in this mental state because. He wants to feel better about himself. Not only did you lose your daughter, but your wife is lost in some world where this didn't even happen. You're evil. You're crazy. You're crazy. You don't want to help your wife because you're sicker than she is. No. Face the truth, Michael. It's your fault. No! So the plot of this movie is about a dysfunctional couple whose child died in a car crash. The wife believes the child is still alive and the husband knows that she isn't alive. He hires, along with um, a psychiatrist in the town, who's played by John Hurt, a medical professional, she's a nurse, but the film has weird issues about that for some reason, yeah. <laughs> to come in and help the wife to go through this issue and slowly build up a trust with this wife and slowly bring her through this process of healing to bring her out of this psychosis and state. What we learn along the way is, though, the husband is very against psychiatry and psychology and all of these newfangled new age ideas to the point in which he doesn't like natural shampoos. That's a plot of the movie. And... <laughs> It becomes a cat and mouse game between him and this nurse of who's going to maintain control over the wife. That's kind of what you get at the basic end of this movie. It's a cat and mouse game of who's the dominant force, him or her, over this woman, his wife. And we learn along the way that he has a lot of psychological baggage that goes along with this and maybe the nurse is kind of you know not a good person herself or is she who knows because we've got an unreliable main character that's the plot the reality of this movie is it's the same two scenes over and over again <laughs> over and over again with the occasional like hospital or john hurt clinic thing that's the same scene though over and yeah, over again, just it's just he's in the scene. Different That's mask, the yeah. difference. Is now we've got John Hurt in the scene. The two scenes proceed as followed. The main one we get is Hey, I'm doing this thing for your wife to help her get better. I don't like that. I'm gonna talk to you about it, how I don't like it, and then I'm gonna bitch to someone else about how I don't like it. That's one scene. And the other scenes are sex. Those are the two scenes you get in the movie over and over again. Yep. And I guess sort of like an addendum to the first scene. There's also scenes of him and his wife talking about like, oh, you need to do this. It's like, do I? Well, the nurse said to. Yeah, those are basically necessity. Like those set you know what those the are? Yeah. They're the yeah, they're the setups to the scene. Yeah, they're the opening line of the scene of like you know how chapters begin with like once upon a time or whatever that's yeah. the once upon a time of the scene the wife asked the husband for something weird because the nurse recommended it <laughs> then he goes up to the nurse and says i don't like that you're recommending this psychological treatment and then the nurse says but i'm doing it because of this reason then he disagrees and then he goes to john hurt and disagrees and then he goes to a dog and disagrees and <laughs> that's the movie you don't like her is that it 
No, it's not that I don't like her. Has there been some kind of problem? Mm. Her methods seem unorthodox. How so? Well, she's very authoritarian, for one thing. She's virtually bossing me around in my own house. <laughs> yes. Catherine is used to a lot of responsibility. That's this movie, Tender Loving Care, which is an, a unique title. That is the title, yeah? Yes, yeah. I keep thinking it's Tender Caring Love. <laughs> it doesn't matter. The title doesn't matter. But that's our basic plot. Our, our main three players are uh, Michael... Michael, what was that? Michael, I... Michael. Michael Overton. Hey, Michael. What we, Michael? It's all right, Michael. Hey, Michael. Go on, Michael. Michael. It's okay, Michael. What's wrong, Michael? Michael. Michael. Oh, Michael. Oh, Michael. Won't you, Michael? Michael. Michael, what's wrong with you? Michael. Michael. Would you please do it, Michael? Michael. She's right, Michael. Don't you think so, Michael? Thank you, Michael. What is it, Michael? Michael. Hello, Michael. Michael is concerned with your approach to Alison's therapy. Michael. Thank you, Michael. Michael. I don't think Michael's quite ready for that yet. That's wonderful, Michael. It's Michael Overton. Michael. She's right, Michael. You're Michael. You better hurry, Michael. Oh, Michael. Yes, it is Michael Overton. Is everything okay, Michael? Michael? It's about time, Michael. Well, maybe Michael's different. Hello, Michael. The same thing as you, Michael. Michael, that's ridiculous. No offense, Michael. Michael's decided to give up meditation. See, Michael? She's right, Michael. Michael, Michael, come here. Michael. Michael, 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 are you alright? Michael! I forget the wife's name. Allison. Allison and... Catherine. Catherine, or she was called like Mrs... Mrs. Randolph. Mrs. Randolph, the, the psychiatrist nurse. Those are three, a lot of it's in this house. Not all of it, but a good portion of it's in this house. And it becomes it becomes a mind game and also a game of, of, of lust, eventually. And meditation. And meditation. Nude meditation. So lustful meditation. Because that's how it's portrayed in the movie. That's the plot. Then we can get into the nuances of how this plot doesn't work and how it's terrible. Before we get into how this is terrible, because none of us like this movie. No, yeah. Bartek, <laughs> this wasn't a video game, so I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Um... The thing about this movie is John Hurt is in three scenes. Yeah. He just does the same thing in each scene, except for in the final scene, he is Perot, in which he's like, ah, this happened. <laughs> and we already know, because we've already watched the last two hours of the movie to know that this is exactly what happened. But we're here anyway. This movie's biggest problem, and this might make it one of the worst movies we've ever watched for The Mystery Box, the main character, Michael, is one of the most unlikable, unrelatable, narcissistic, self-centered assholes I've ever encountered in a movie. He is just refusing to let the plot progress at mm. every scene of this movie. That is the biggest problem. Mm. And the rest of the problems are minute. The rest of the things that we could talk about are fickle in comparison to that mm. and, and it's the kind of character where there is a theoretically sympathetic element to him but he just will not let you be sympathetic soy milk for christ's sake um i hated this movie i never want to watch it again in my life i will have to to edit this episode 
if this episode at all gets released, it is in fact a Christmas miracle. (laughs) (laughs) For watching it, currently recording it with Rachel, who wants to get into a shit fight with me because I disagree about the fact that Michael's an unlikable character. I said that I wouldn't interrupt you. I do agree that he's incredibly unlikable. I just disagree that he's completely unhinged from the beginning. He is. Um, (laughs) That's a fact. Um, Well, no. That that doesn't meet the definition of a fact. (laughs) The fact that I watched it with my eyes and I can see that it very much is a fact. I don't know what I can do. I'm just manning the up. Let's go in there now! This is, without a doubt, one of the worst. I don't know if it's the worst. It's the worst in the fact that the main character stops what could be an interesting plot. Because mm. this whole cat and mouse, doing it for my wife, you're doing it for this, I don't trust you, this thing, that thing, I'm secretly crazy. This kind of whole, like, oh my god, my mental deterioration is going down. We joked at points that, hey, they're doing The Shining, and then it actually does become The Shining at points, which it was odd. It steals moments from The Shining. Honey, I'm home. Uh, uh, this could be good, but the fact that our main character refuses to let anything happen, yeah, it's like if The Shining did focus 100% on the perspective of Jack Nicholson, it could be annoying because Jack Nicholson's character is frustratingly insane from the very beginning. But but we focus on Shelley Duvall, so she's like the sane one and we feel for her. But in this movie, there's no sane individual in the whole film because John Hurt's insane. They're all crazy. They're Why all weirdos. Think... Why do you think John Hurt's insane? John Hurt? John, oh my God. I think he's incompetent, <laughs> but I don't think he's insane. I use insane in the general oh, term. Yeah. I don't mean he's medically insane. He's, he's too detached from the main plot. Yeah, but the fact that he should be attached yeah. is the problem. So there's an issue. His uh, brother died. What yeah, but did what did expect? he do for the six months before? Sit on his thumbs? <laughs> I think that like he's just a, a talk therapist like a traditional therapist no he's a therapist who fucks his clients when they come into his office and drives a lamborghini see i thought that that was setting up a different thing i thought that that was setting up how michael sees all other women as hypersexual because he's not getting sex from his wife because she's insane yeah Okay, but the See, problem... See, I didn't think that he John Hurt was actually having sex with her. I think that that was just uh, his view, and we're seeing that as an unreliable perspective. Oh, and that's one of the first few scenes with our main character. So you could say he was mentally not altogether from the beginning of the movie, might be. You're trying to trap me. <laughs> I'm trying to show you evidence in the movie that our main character but you is didn't psychologically think that. broken. I thought that, and I don't think he was completely hinged. I don't think that he was mentally right, but I don't think. I genuinely think that he wanted what was best for his wife, and then when his perception and his relationship was challenged, because he didn't think that she would forgive him for being responsible for Jody's death. And I don't think he fully had accepted that responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, that's a a point to be made about the movie. 
This movie... Uh, don't be like the protagonist. Don't stop this podcast from moving forward, Ryan. Bartek. Yes. Since you since you bought this with physical money... Well, it was and, digital, but yeah. Well, it's money. Yeah. I might have had a note. Who knows? It was only four bucks, so you would have gotten a dollar... Sorry, we're, 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 we're stopping Ryan's sentence. Let's go on. Um... <laughs> Sorry. Were you happy with this movie? Was it worth the video game that you thought it was going to be? I mean, I've said it on other episodes. It was kind of funny watching it with you, but <laughs> enjoying it on its own, I would not be able to. I didn't realize it would be over two hours, just over. Mm. Hey, that you... was a big surprise for me. Were Was there any enjoyment to be had from the movie outside of me getting annoyed by the movie's existence? I mean, on the barest levels of incompetence, like, every time we saw a boom mic, you know, that was funny, because it's like, oh, how could you do this? Yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of the plot, like I said, um, kind of similar to what you were saying with two scenes being repeated, there's just so many of the same notes being thrown at you again. Oh, Michael's getting angry at this new plan because it doesn't make sense because they're trying to accommodate someone that doesn't exist. We, the audience, can understand, like, yeah, she doesn't exist, so it's pointless, but he gets angry in the same way every time, have the same argument, same conversation. And again, he could have done it in a more sympathetic way. Okay, can we discuss properly how the film presents that information of when we, as the audience, discover for sure that the daughter is dead? Because they keep because it a secret. That's like 30, 40 minutes into the film no. that we get the flashback. Oh, you're talking about the flashback. Yeah. I think the film 100% confirms that she's dead when um, Mrs. Randolph, the nurse, arrives. The fact that she's there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, that's she, right. Because th- that, that's the something daughter is dead. Mentioned. Like, it's inferred. But no, I, no, she... I, I mean, like, we don't see or hear anything concrete about how she died. Um, no, yeah, the, the details of how the kid died aren't revealed until halfway through the movie, which is usual. Yeah, but we forgot to mention that um, when the nurse was brought in, the wife was the only one under the impression that she was brought in for the daughter. Everyone else knew that it was for the wife. Yeah. Yes, and and that is a big factor of the movie. Because the nurse's methods are to necessitate the imagined reality that the wife is going through to slowly journey and guide her out of it. But the husband thinks that she's pushing her deeper and deeper and deeper into the psychosis because now the wife is no longer taking antipsychotic meds. She's no longer in semi-catatonic states. She's now active in life by cooking and cleaning and all of these things that... At the beginning of the movie, he says when he talks to the Mrs. Rand, uh, Mrs. Ru- was it Rudolph, Randolph, Randolph, Catherine, Catherine, that you know he had to adapt to do all these things that, that he, he used to do, that she used to do for him, and now he does them for mm. her. Which uh, you know, for me, we'll get into it later, but further necessitates my argument that he's very much menta- mentally unhinged in very severe ways at the beginning of this movie before we've even started the movie. Something wrong, Mr. Overton? You're not quite what I expected. What did you expect? You're very young. I'm qualified for the job. Dr. Turner said your qualifications were excellent. But you disagree? 
I just expected someone with more experience. But their whole thing is, yeah, he doesn't believe her methods are right, she believes they're right, and everyone else believes they're right. Except for, like, no one agrees with Michael. That's the whole movie. Nobody agrees with Michael, and Michael gets upset about it, and he just says to everyone again and again, but I'm right, and nobody agrees. And then he kills everyone. He kills her, and that's the movie. That's it. That's the movie. And it's just scenes and scenes, and then out of nowhere... It becomes a porn, porn. It just becomes porn. It has sex scenes, yeah. It just becomes pornographic, softcore pornography. It just becomes sex scenes for no reason. It just becomes, look at how hot these women are. Look at them get their titties out and fuck. And it's just, that's it. For you, which was the most gratuitous sexual moment? (sighs) Because well, it's hard to say because they're all gratuitous. Yeah, but which which one just... Because I think you know what my one is, but I want to hear what yours... Well, it's not gratuitous in the sense that um, it's titillation so much in terms of it's an actual sex scene. I found it gratuitous when we first have a real back and forth between Michael and... Uh, what was her name again? The wife? No, the nurse. C- Catherine. When we have our first real interaction between Catherine and Michael, she is pretty much about to get undressed in front of him. Yeah, and she's, this, she's literally just gone into this guy's house. And it's like the most unprofessional thing ever. And I found that the most gratuitous because she's got nips blasting through her white t-shirt. And it's just kind of like, oh, this is the movie we're going to get. Uh, this is the kind of movie. And then the movie proceeded to show me that I was right. This was yeah. the type of movie we're going to get. And I think that was the most gratuitous for me in that sense of it set in the dread for me of this is the movie we're watching. Mm-hmm. That's why it's the most gratuitous for me because it just set in this fucking nightmare in my heart of, oh, fuck. It I'm really happy s- watching this the whole It really movie. set the tone for you. Bartek, what moment was it for you? Are we just talking about sex scenes or just sexual stuff in general? So gratuitous. What, what was the most gratuitous sexualized moment? I mean, Ryan was pointing out the whole way through that characters weren't wearing bras in situations like in which they would, in which they would like at work and. I'm yeah. sorry, Rachel. You get annoyed because like I'm being very man about it, and you know women can not have to wear bras or whatnot. But it's cause it's kind of like. I don't know. She's she's working as this nurse who's supposed to be supposed to be looking after a kid, and she's yeah. got like her big double D silicone breasts with her nips popping and jiggling everywhere, and it's just like she's a, a, a like ca- a carer. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It's just so how, about, how about the scene where she's at the window? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag free the nipple. <laughs> but from the window. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, it could cut that glass. Um, but I think that you guys haven't watched enough of Friends to know. I've watched Friends. I've seen them how much, like in that early season, early seasons. It's the nineties, yeah. Where women just did not wear bras at all. Yeah, but here's a here's the difference. Friends is a sitcom in which they don't really have to deal with like psychological abuse and death of children. What does and... that have to do with their bras? Hold on, hold on. Because you're talking about 
real life, whatever. I'm talking about in terms of a fictional story that I'm watching, I find it awfully gratuitous and titillating, the fact that here we have a scene in which it's supposed to be this really intense conversation about a child being dead and the mental state of an innocent woman, but the film has chosen that this woman with fake breasts is going to not be wearing a bra and her tits are going to jiggle and her nipples are going to poke, while in Friends... You know, it's the 90s, and it's just like, yep, she she's Rachel. She just works as a, as a waitress, just cracking cracking one-liners and being a bit cheeky. Well, this is a movie where it's like, this woman's supposed to be like this carer. So you feel that nipples should only be shown in specific tones? In media? Yeah, like... Do you know, did, am I insane? Is it insane that you're saying it like this movie isn't sexualizing its oh, it nipples is. there? While Friends isn't. Friends is just a static show in which it's like, oh, you know, she's just not wearing a bra. It's not. Friends oh, it, isn't it, just lavishing in, look, she's not wearing a bra. <sighs> the oh, camera it does work is. Well, oh, yeah. A bit. <laughs> We're getting off the. I'm not going to say point because that. The nipple point? <laughs> um, but Bartek, I'm... what was your most gratuitous sexual moment in this movie? And I think the window one was pretty much yeah. Where our nurse started licking a window and rubbing See, her titties uh, up against it. The... It was funny. No, though. Rachel, free the nipple. Um... <laughs> See, that was what I was going to say. The point where she licks the window, like she's already pressed up against it and it feels intense enough and it like... It reverse shots back to him screaming like no and then she's licking the window that and wish when she licks up his nose <laughs> from above him yes so she really has to make an effort it to was lick like up a, it. It was like a Spider-Man thing. Like heads yeah, upside but down. she yeah. has to make an effort to turn her head in a way where she can lick <laughs> up it. And then tongue. Full kiss well, no, that's it. not gratuitous. That's just gross. <laughs> Yeah, but it's meant like meant to be like she's so sexual, she's so ravenous that she's just like gobbling him up, including his snot. Well, that wasn't sex; that was meditation. No, (laughs) I really want to point out this: Rachel Bartek and I have, and will probably go on to have disagreements and uh, different points of view with this movie about mental health issues, um, gender politics, all that. Here's the problem, though, before we even get into that. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I don't know if you know, but we're all going to be wrong, and we're all going to be right, because this movie is wrong at the center of it. Rachel's going to say this thing, I'm going to say that thing, Bartek's going to say this thing. Here's the problem, though. We cannot have a definitive answer, any of us, as to what the mental health angle of this movie's point of view is, what its sex politics is, what this is, because the movie doesn't know. This movie doesn't care. It doesn't understand what mental health is. This has the Mm -mm. base generic understanding of mental health issues. It, It plays that trope, the single trauma mental illness kind of thing. Like, one specific thing is what makes them mentally ill. All he needed was a cuckoo clock to fall on his head and then he believes he's King Tut. And 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 the problem is 
Rachel's disagreeing about when was this guy mentally unhinged and 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 we're talking about free that no no yeah to what degree whatever and 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 is it gratuitous or too sexual to have women not wearing bras in this movie the problem is it doesn't matter what our point of view is because the movie doesn't give a single shit what your opinion is because this movie is cheap it was quickly made it doesn't give a shit it doesn't care it doesn't understand any of the things that we can talk about so free the nipple cool tonal places in movies of when is it gratuitous or when is it not to have women just not wearing bras and when is it empowering when is this guy mentally unhinged? Is it okay or is it not okay how they portray the wife's mental illness in this movie? The the whole issue of masculinity versus femininity. All of this, the movie doesn't know. The movie doesn't know. It doesn't even try to know. But since we are all people that have brains and try to think about these things and try and install our point of views, we're all going to be disagreeing with one another because the movie doesn't have a definitive answer. No. There's no answer. So... <laughs> but soy okay. milk. So can- <laughs> Jesus Christ. Soy milk, for Christ's sake. So can I ask you a question, considering we are... Ryan and I are on two different sides of, like, when he was crazy and to what degree. I feel like you may have a different answer to this than me. Do you think she actually killed the dog? No. I don't either. No, he killed the dog. He killed the dog. So in this movie, a dog gets murdered, and he did it. Bartek, do you think he killed the dog? You know what? That was so long ago, I actually forgot to... uh, Think about it? At the time, I thought she did it, but now I'm honestly not sure. This problem is they're trying to have it both ways. They're trying to be like, she's actually, the nurse is actually a manipulative, crazy bitch who's in it for mind games. But then also the movie wants to have its cake and eat it too by being like, but actually he's so mentally unhinged that you, the audience, have misinterpreted what she's actually like. But the problem is, it's trying to have it both ways and it doesn't follow through on either. So Because it's so incompetent. Because it's so horny. Yeah, like, that's the only thing that they're really attentive to. Like, those are the only scenes where you can be like, yes, I won't see a boom mic. No, yeah, you're right. Unless you count his his, his pubic hair as, like... (laughs) No, I don't. I I don't think his pubic hair functions as a boom mic. As the, as the, as on the boom mic that, you know, the the, the little slip you put on to muffle the wind. The windsock. The windsock, yeah, his windsock. Um... Or the dead cat. The dead cat. So, yeah, this movie is a mess. It is a nightmare on any forms of relevant conversation. She's also free of any indication of depression. Well, that sounds good. That sounds very good. Is this true, Michael? That's how it appears to be, but... Allison still believes that our daughter's alive, and Catherine's making it worse. Sorry, Making what was her condition. This movie started out amusing, uh, but the main character is so unlikable, but the performance is so wooden in an annoying degree that it drained any enjoyment and it just made me yell at the screen like he never tries to actually engage in helping his wife, ever. 
I said to Bartek at the beginning, like, it, this would work better if he, at the beginning, was going along with what the nurse was suggesting. Yeah, and, they and then eventually, weirder. they were getting progressively more absurd, and he got concerned. And then he started rev- going against it, and then it becomes more of a cat and mouse game. But from the very beginning, he's just an okay, asshole. I, I changed my vote. I'm now team insane from the beginning. No. You can't change your vote because you've been such a dick about it that you're forever <laughs> stuck on that side. What makes you change your mind that he wasn't insane from the beginning now? Because, because I'm curious. Think, think. Well, why do I need to bother explaining it if you don't care? Because I'm curious, but it doesn't mean I care. But you're not letting me change my vote. Yeah, you're not allowed to change your vote, but you can ex- at least explain why you're trying to um, betray your own opinions. I want to hear it. If that counts for okay. anything. <laughs> for you, Bartek. Thank you. For, for wife. For wife, yes. I will explain. Thank you, um, Because I think he... Like, he never wanted the nurse there, but he didn't have a good enough reason to say no. Yeah. That's and that's it. That's that that and all the other things that you've gone through have made I haven't even go- really gone through much of why I think he was insane from the very beginning. Yeah. Other than he's just a manipulator. Well, that and me thinking about how many times I thought that he was a creepy weirdo and that we couldn't trust his version of reality. There were so many times where we were waiting for like the shoe to drop of like what's the actual twist? Like is the kid actually alive and he's insane? Are they all dead? Is the nurse actually real? Yeah. Uh, like, like all these stuff. And in the end, the there nurse is... nurse an actual, like, escaped patient from a facility and yeah. not the actual person? And that's what I mean is the twist in the movie is for him, not for us, of, oh, he he's responsible for his daughter's death in more than just an accident. He, he was speeding... When he shouldn't have, he didn't yeah. put the he didn't put a seatbelt on his daughter. He because refused she, it because she, she was crying. Cried. She cried every time she wore a seatbelt, which is just like, as an Australian person, where it's just like that's it is just not a thing. We haven't even talked about really. We haven't given enough what justice to how much these actors fucking suck. Okay, can I bring up something that makes so much of this film even worse than it has to be? Why, yes, darling. That was a delivery that these actors kind of delivered. Do it for do it for Jody. The editing. Because Oh, there was editing? There that's what I was going to bring up like these all of the pauses are in this movie. Like when you like Every single singing is just like, yes. Yeah. As a tribute to uh, the movie. Nobody talks over anybody else. Everybody like pauses for like three beats after each line and none of it is cut from the movie. No. It, it, like even like those extra three seconds that you get when you, you, you're ended a shot. Yeah. That's in the movie. It's like Samurai Cop. Um, Bartek, you've always enjoyed when we watch movies together of this variety. I always do that little gag or little uh, observation of, uh, yeah, 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 keep that taken. Mm. I did that a lot during this. There was a moment where the wife said party, but she added a B mm. right after the P. Like, 
Yeah, the party. <laughs> it was like, you're going to keep that take in, huh? Yeah, there was that. There was looking at the boom mic. There was uh, Judy. Yeah, when she called her daughter Judy instead of, was it? Jody. Jody. Um, there was another... When the, the, the nurse, nurse was struggling with the headphones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they kept the whole thing but in. And I'm like, you can do another one, huh? I do... I want to add to the one that you said, Bartek, about how, like, she looks at the boom mic. She actually swats the boom mic away oh, from her head. Yeah. It was like Black Dynamite. <laughs> it, she, like, it gets into her peripheral vision. She goes... It's not that over the top, but yeah, pretty pretty well, close. Well, I need to do a sound effect. Imagine if she did do that. <laughs> and they're like, keep it in. Keep it Move, in. Move, boom mic. Move, Back boom. to acting now. Harold, move that out of my face. Back to acting <laughs> and now. And all One, of the two, times when John hurts looking directly in the camera like, what? What did I do in my life? Is this one of the scenes where I talk to the player? You know, <laughs> I'm not even surprised that John Hurt's no. in this. I'm no. not. I'm not surprised that John Hurt did this. I, I'm not. He needed money. He needed to look like he had red hair for some reason in this movie. It was but very a confusing. really bad haircut. You know, his hair at the end of this movie, it, it was cut differently to what it was at the beginning, yeah, which well, was he, really infuriating. He, he, he must have got a haircut for his brother's well, funeral. Well, it was weird because it was, it was longer in the four <laughs> days that he had not appeared in the movie. Um, he got it was confusing because at the end, him and Michael had the same hairstyle. Mm. And I was like, what are they trying to say here? Uh, wait, is John Hurt real? Is he like his... God, like he's he's Lloyd, like from Shining. Like, is he not know. real and he's talking to him? But then the movie wouldn't be smart enough to do that. No, there's too at the many end, other wearing... people that in like interact with the Doctor. No, there aren't. We don't see really many people other than, and they all exist when Michael exists. We don't have a scene without Michael in this movie. We don't no. just have a scene of. Michael, there's so many dropped plot lines. Like a co-worker at his office says, "I saw your wife and your ner- and the nurse well, with a little that... girl in a in a." That was the doll. Yeah. Well, that's what we're led to believe. But the way that that woman talked about it made it seem like it was a real little girl. And then he never follows up on that. No, he completely ignores it. And then, and then it's like twenty minutes before we find out that the doll exists. Yeah, it's supposed to be really important. Did we see the doll after the nurse was in the bed? Yeah. Or before? Before. Like, um... Okay, that's the most disturbing aspect of this movie. Oh, yeah. The, 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 Michael's just finished fucking his wife with literally three hip thrusts, and then they're done for the first time in like since their kid died. And then, you know, the nurse... The nurse... No, 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 no. No, no. The wife goes... Oh yeah, Catherine suggested that I should do this, which oh, yeah, is to what you really want to hear after you've just had sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she comes in, Catherine, and she's like, oh, uh, "Jody's calling for you, Michael." She wants her daddy. She wants her daddy, and she doesn't even say it gratuitously. She's just like, "She, you know, she wants a daddy." Like it was like, "Okay." Mm-hmm. And then he comes in the room, and she's in the kid's bed, tucked up like a little girl, and she's doing a little girl voice. She's like. Oh, dad, but it's sexy. She is like a oh, daddy, daddy. Yeah, and it's sick. And then he, he treats it like it's sick. But here's the problem: the movie. See, this is where it has, tries to have it both ways. Because then later he kills her, and it's supposed to be like this. Oh, she was actually trying to do the right thing. How can she justify as a medical professional that that was the right thing to do? 
Yeah, the that's <laughs> fucked up. You know, and later he tries to he gets her removed because he blames her for killing the dog. But all he had to do was just mention that incident because that actually did. He actually has concrete proof that she did that. Even though we don't believe him. The, no, 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 no. Concrete proof that she was in the kid's bed going, Daddy, oh, Daddy. Oh, yeah. That's more of a remove this woman from this service than she, I think she killed my dog with no evidence. I have, I was literally there. She tried, she did this fucking weird thing in my daughter's but it's, bed. He said, she said. Yeah, but like for us, the movie goers, the movie viewers, we can attach ourselves going, yeah, you're right. You need to get her out of here mm. because- I never believed that she killed his dog. I always thought he did it because he's insane. I knew he was nuts from the very beginning. I was like, this guy is fucked up. And he's the one that, well, it does, like you said, it does try and balance it because he threatened the dog's life, but she said that the dog should die as well. I don't remember that, but I Wait, she said the dog should die? Yeah, that like... No, I don't remember that. I remember him shouting like, "I'm gonna kill that dog." Yeah, I thought at some point she's just like, like the, it, it was gonna be like kind of a trial for when she needs to do the reveal of the doll dying as Jody because the dog had previously died, so she was wanted her to relive that trauma before she relives I the Jody trauma. Oh, right, because there was a childhood dog that yeah. was going to replace. Punky. Punky. I don't remember Who it being that gets way. Gets replaced by Punky. I don't remember it being that way, but I also don't care because the movie doesn't care. No. You mentioned that, but all all the movie cares about is, hey, look, she's, she's, she's doing a 69 with this guy. Isn't that... Isn't that great? Was the game sexual? From your recollection? Um, I remember, th- from my memory, I thought there were a lot more, like, lesbian tones between the wife and the nurse. Yeah, that's I mean, played they were. down. Because, like, the whole thing seems to be that meditation is code for sex. Mm. Because there's this really awkward scene... Where like both both of them have been saying that they've been meditating with Catherine. Oh, you mean the, one of the worst written scenes in the movie? Where yeah. She's like, he's like, explain what meditation is for you, oh, and that. she's like, explain what it is for you. Like, like tell no me you. what, tell me what you do with her. Allison, just what do you do in your meditation? The same thing as you, Michael. Really? Tell me about it. What do you mean? I mean, describe what you do. Why should I describe something that you already know about? I thought maybe we'd compare notes. If you want to know, just describe to me what you do, and I'll tell you if I do anything different. Forget about it. I'm not going to do it anymore anyway. Another thing that I really want to mention that I find very disgraceful on this film's part, and I found it just a bummer, is his wife is played as a crazy lady throughout the whole movie, but to the point in which she's kind of like a child herself, you know, she needs to be looked after, he's looking after her, nurse is looking after her, like she's kind of treated like she can't look after herself, she's a child, 
childlike and then there comes the point in the movie where they're like oh, okay now that we've shown you enough sexy scenes we're gonna have the wife in this white singlet with her nips blasting and it's gonna be sexual we're gonna show that she's got big old titties herself and then they're gonna have sex and it just bummed me the fuck out because it's like they're still playing her mental state like she's a child so it feels like a weird sexualization of, like, I know it's an adult, but uh, with a childlike mind, and it's like, it's like if in Forrest Gump, right, when he has sex with Jenny, yeah. and how that's really played as intimate and awkward and all of that. Instead, imagine if that scene was shot and focused on, like, Forrest has a big fucking dick. Isn't that fucking odd? Yeah, he might have the mind of a child, but children like to fuck too you know? like that's how it felt like it just felt like dirty it this also, is like, just because so because everything fucked. everything that the wife goes through everything that's happening around her is basically people directing her in other in like manipulating her in a way yeah go have sex with your husband now yes i will nursey yeah like it doesn't it doesn't feel like at any point she herself is giving consent for anything that's happening in her she life. Yeah, she and it does feel the most uncomfortable during that scene. She literally does say, like, oh yeah, Catherine told me to take charge of some things, and that's why she had sex. Yeah, this movie was gross, dude. And I really hated it. And um, I don't think it's the worst thing we've we've watched on the show. It is one of, but... That, it's a slog. Yeah. It's a fucking nightmare and it had its moments of enjoyability we should talk about the soy milk in the room <laughs> oh yeah a lot of a lot of i guess michael's apprehension or disgust towards i guess new agey things mm-hmm. yes he doesn't yeah. thinks that are different <laughs> yeah. yeah he doesn't think that there's any valid reason to buy organic. health food yeah he finds it ridiculous that he's being sent to a different town to go buy herbal organic shampoo. And he also gets sent to the next town over again, but for pizza as an appetizer. For something. That yeah. that confused me, because it's just like, she's making dinner. We see her making dinner across several scenes, and then they're like... Oh, she made jo- dinner for like five years. Jody really wants this pizza. And yeah. then and then he's just like, okay, and then he just drives off, and then it's the next morning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it all really climaxes when he's listing off all things that he doesn't like, and then he grabs soy milk, and he goes, and soy milk! For Christ's sake. For Christ's sake. <laughs> like, like, it reminds me of a King of the Hill type gag. <laughs> like, you could see Hank Hill having that reaction to it, something, right? It's like, this thing, explanation. <laughs> this thing, you know, I didn't see the difference. Soy milk, for Christ's sake. Soy milk, for Christ's sake. Another thing that we need to mention before we wrap this up is two things. The ending. Yeah. And the ending. <laughs> so, where do we start? The, 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 when the, the... When the doctor arrives? No, we need, no, like... I'll... Or when we the get big that... showdown. When we get that shot... The big showdown. The doll and it's yeah. meant like meant to the feel Annabelle? like a horror movie. The yeah. Annabelle doll. Yeah, it's weird that With they have the, the Annabelle doll. Red paint. So it's so dumb. 
that it makes my brain hurt. He eventually does succeed in getting her replaced or removed from this job. And her understanding is, well, I've put in all this time and effort to slowly integrate your wife back into sanity. But since you've dicked me around, I only have one method left, which is to very cruelly... Yeah, jump into the deep end. Jump her into reality by pushing her into it via just, like, showing her this visual representation that I've manifested as her daughter being brutally murdered by me. And then I'm going to leave and leave you to pick up the pieces. And it's just like... I refuse to leave her in a state where she doesn't, the wife doesn't know that he was responsible. But no, it's not even that. It's also that she... It's also just, it's just fuck you. It's a fuck you, but she... fuck you. No, but she treats it like it's a fuck you as you have stopped me from healing your wife and I'm going to do this to heal her, not as... Fuck you! I'm yeah. gonna fuck it's, up your wife. It's basically like which is what my she's gonna do. Right. It's basically like, oh, if I ne- I need to leave here in five minutes, then I need to finish my job in five minutes, and this yeah. is the only way I can do it. And I've brought a sledgehammer that I'm gonna conveniently I place here. I found a sledgehammer <laughs> and the red paint in the basement. And I've made it look like the doll was like your daughter, crushed skull, bitch. I wish she said that. Uh, and it's just mind-bogglingly terrible idea. There wasn't really any swearing in this movie, was there? I mean, I swore. <laughs> I don't think that counts as being in the movie. I'm swearing at the movie. Yeah, Does that count? No, that's not how prepositions Does it count? Work. If I swear hard enough, will it enter the movie? No. I don't think the box said coarse language. Fuck. Yeah. If it did, it could have meant the other movie. Who knows? Uh, True. And he just murders her, right? Like, she's, like, going down the stairs and, like, I was going to push her down the stairs, but then he just smacks her on the back of the head with the sledgehammer and then buries her with the dog. Yeah. Well, it is previously established that you can safely fall down those stairs because he does that earlier. Yeah, if you don't get hit by a sledgehammer first. Yeah. In the back of the skull, yeah. Uh-huh. And she bleeds cranberry oh, juice. Oh, that cranberry juice. It was cranberry Very juice. Very sticky thing, yeah. Sticky, sticky yeah, and purpley. Yeah, it's like... Um, the drip down the second step. <sighs> it was a, a shit show. And then he drags her, but it looks like he's carrying a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and then we see the wide shot, and they've got the actual actress, just her fucking head being scraped against all this dirt and grass for yeah, like uh, uh, like half of the like field she goes across. And it's actually her. And you just go, uh, I, I, I commend them on the fact they that they act. into that grave. Yeah, he just fucking drops her. Like, like, he did the same with the dog. Yeah, but it was funny. Shoves her in. It's it's embarrassing. And then and then the movie wanks itself off because it tries to fake out the ending by him and the wife regressing back to their, where they were at the beginning and them going to the bed and having the exact same shot as the beginning of the movie. And then it fades to black. And you're like, oh, fuck you if that's the end. Like, everything goes back to where it was. But then the movie's like, ah, no, but we hired John Hurt for three scenes, remember? We needed we to come were, back. We didn't have the third. We need the third. Bartek, could you fill us in on how the movie ends and how John Hurt in this John Hurt double pack in which you bought this because you saw it on a YouTube channel playing a DVD menu interactive adventure game with John Hurt proceeds to end with this John Hurt movie in which he appeared in three scenes? Mm-hmm. So this John Hurt, scene... by the way, is in this. I just want to really clarify that. He yeah. was in the movie. John Hurt, really? Before he died. <gasps> yes. What? 
If it was a different DVD, he would have been asking us questions. And to think it happened on my case? What the hell does she think she's doing? I mean, I'm the one who gave her the break. I helped her get her license, for Christ's sake. I cared about her. And this is how she repays me. Just what the hell is going on here? Um, so this last scene starts with John Hurt visiting the house for what we find out is the first time. And he's basically, he's just going to be checking up on what's going on. He's going to ask a couple of questions uh, and kind of, I guess, conclude the film by filling him in on like, look, this is the shit that's been going on. Um, but then as he asks the questions, uh, Michael gives ans- weird answers uh, about like, oh yeah, yeah, I put her in the, the the taxi and her sledgehammer too. And he eventually works out like, oh, her body's, she's dead and she's somewhere on the ground, isn't she? Um, yeah, it takes 10 minutes to get there. Yeah, yeah. It's it, At first it's kind of like this scene of like, doctor, this person that you trusted to do this job was not a good person. He's like, oh, I see. Oh my God, that's bad. Um, but then he works that out. And then it cuts to later on where they found the body, they're putting it in an ambulance to take to the Undertaker or the, the what are they called? Morgue. Mm-hmm. Um, and the police are there, and it's basically this final scene of very slowly explaining to Allison, uh, you're going to be going to the hospital with Jody, and Michael has to talk to the police officers about something, and it will take quite a while for him to see you again. Um, and, you know, this is, it's, the film's concluding, it's like, oh, yeah, we see where you're going with this, like, she's gonna be under care, and he's gonna be in prison. That's the end of the film, right? So they take him outside to the police car. The end. No. No, no, no. not the end, not the end. Don't you fucking <laughs> No, I know, we've been waiting to One talk about this. One small... One small Very thing. Very confusing. The police officers both have, you know his arms in their hands so you know they're dragging into the police car he shakes them off steps forward a bit falls to the ground it's like they should have cuffed him they should have yeah i was waiting for the cuffs yeah rather than they couldn't afford him they panic and chase him and are gonna you know grab his arms again he's like no wait and they they do wait <laughs> which was nice of <laughs> which them. was very nice of them <laughs> and then michael has a speech which not only is out of nowhere but we didn't hear some key words where he's talking about how he can now hear some sort of heartbeat, and this heartbeat was something he hasn't heard since he was, he was a, kid. a kid, and he really wanted to tell his daughter about this heartbeat, and that is his one regret. Can you hear that? I haven't heard that since I was a little boy. Shh! It's there, it's here's heartbeat. It's there after all this time. It was always a secret of mine that I wanted to share with Jody. All the things that I wanted to tell her and I never did. And it's supposed to be treated like, remember that thing? And we're like, no, and I didn't even fully hear because the audio is terrible. Yeah, I, I thought that the thing that we didn't hear was like he could hear the Earth's heartbeat because he fell to the ground and he was like touching it. Yeah, but what does that have to do what with does anything mean? of the yeah. movie? And he's like... That's the one that I regret the most. And it's like, what does that mean? I don't know what any of it's it like, means. Does it make more sense in the game? I don't know. Stop referring to the fucking game. This, but this game is, doesn't where, fucking matter. But that's where the scenes are from. No, no, 
no, no, no. I don't care. Your scenes Look, and your I'm guess... not saying I have an answer, but the I'm just... The game... And that's a wrap on the mystery box. <laughs> the game was a fucking... And that's a wrap on the mystery box. Now, with this feature film that we just talked about, and Rachel's got very impassioned about, she wanted to argue with me from the very beginning and then realised I was right. A continuing theme in our relationship... Uh, uh, we have to guess what year this movie came out. Do we have any guesses? I was thinking, because I knew it was a DVD game, I thought it would be somewhere in the 2000s, so I was guessing, like, 2005. Um, Even when you watched it. Even when you saw what was on the screen, you still thought it was the mid-2000s. You thought that what we just watched for the last two, and a half, two hours and five minutes was post-9-11. You think, you thought that what we saw was somehow not before the 2000s. Just because I initially knew that it was like a DVD game. Yeah, but... but yeah. I, know, I know it didn't look like it, but I, th- I thought that was the dissonance, yeah. Okay, it's my guess. Uh, so, there's a few, there's a few factors that go into my guess, um, but I don't want to talk about this film anymore. So my ultimate conclusion is either 1995 or 1996. Yeah, that was where I was at too. I was thinking mid 90s. Uh, I'm gonna go with 96 because you said 95. With more confidence, so I'm gonna go different. I want 96. Tough shit, I said it first. Uh, 96! <laughs> Sorry, he was insane, not at the beginning. You're, you're on that team still. My final guess is 1996. So it's 1996 for me as well. Bartek? Yep, so IMDb says 1996, and Wikipedia adds in that it was released in 98, and then on the DVD, which I think is what we have, that was released in 2012. So 96 was when it was created, I think. Great. I feel victorious. I feel like this movie was something. Of course, none of us recommend this movie. Well, no, yeah, you're right. (laughs) None of us recommend this movie. It's depressed me. It's angered Rachel. Bartek's his usual self. He he doesn't get any emotions from movies. I'm very strong. Yep, that's the word I'd use. Uh, And uh, this film was a fucking nightmare. I'm glad we're doing the mystery box again. Mm. Bartek, uh, you do have a few more movies that you've brought in that are in the box. If they are all pornographic, I'm going to fucking burn the box, I swear. Hopefully the G-rated one isn't. Yeah, G. Because the last two were hentai and this one was... You kept saying porn, but... It was a sex scene. It's, it's porn because there's no story. It's propelled just by pure sex scene. Well, there's a scene. shit story. <laughs> there's, there's shit stories in porn, but the, what they're progressed by is not the actual story. Is It is the sexual images that are shown on screen. It can be softcore porn, but you know what word is still used in there? Porn. It's not a porn, though, so but yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is. What well, isn't? Say it, Daddy. It, I mean, it is though yeah, because. Bullshit, yeah. Is this art or pornography? It is though. This movie is just softcore porn. That's all this is. What are you going to argue that the Fifty Shades of Grey movies aren't softcore porn? I haven't seen them. But you know them. You know what those are. You know what they're about. You've heard I know of Fifty Shades about, of Grey. Like, stuff. Yeah, 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 and and that the story progressed. 
not through actual plot by just but but through sexual uh misadventures this film is just just softcore pornography because it doesn't matter what the story is and the and the sex scenes come into an aggressive degree in in nonsensical order in which this is just softcore pornography um Doji was also a porn porn but yeah, that, that had a plot it. why does that one not get to be pornography it had a plot it had more cohesive plot than this one it That's had whole mythology true, yeah. it had whole character arcs so why is that one a porn and this one isn't is it because this one didn't have rape because good for it i mean ticking the box you know what i take it back this film was great it didn't have any rape in it but so. we do agree that she didn't fully consent to having sex with her well husband. It, it's so, awkward so it's, it's, it's not it's, i think they have a word for that Dubcon, which is dubious consent. I'm glad that there's a word for it because that's what it was. Dubcon, which sounds like when I first, a, yeah, a when dubbing I, convention. I've only first heard of the yeah that shortening, so I'm like, what the hell's Dubcon? So, this movie's a nightmare. Usually, we would do some gimmick in which we try to escape from the room, but uh, uh, it, it, I've got one. Oh, you do good. The door's closed. Can you open it? Yep. All right. Thanks. So you can find us on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter, Spit and Polish Presents. Email us at spitandpolished at gmail.com. Tell us if you're the filmmaker of this movie. If so, don't fucking talk to me. Um, <laughs> Send a formal apology. No, 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 just don't talk to me. No, to me. I want the formal apology. You, know, you, you can do that all he wants. He's dead now. Because um, if, if he even comes near me with his, with his views, I'll kill that guy. Um, this was fun. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy holidays, Happy everybody. Happy holidays. We're glad to be back with the mystery box. Until next time, listening people, remember soy milk. Christ's sake. <laughs> <laughs>